You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. I uh, hope you had a great weekend, everybody. Gang's all here, ready to go on this Monday, Hour 1. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Get an update on the NBA season that seems to have a little more doubt in it than it did, say, a week ago. Chris Mannix from Sports Illustrated will stop by. Mike Florio from NBC Sports. Pro Football Talk will join us a little bit later on as well. A couple of ways to get in touch with the program, as we always do every Monday, best and worst of the weekend. What you saw that you liked, you didn't like, your opportunity to tweet us at Dan Patrick Show. You can also dial us up, 877-3DP-SHOW. You can listen on 362 radio affiliates around the country and, of course, the Fox Sports Radio lineup. And you can watch on YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. You have to give ESPN credit for their timing last night for the McGuire-Sosa documentary. It was called Long Gone Summer. It detailed how these two guys helped save baseball after the labor problems of the 90s. Cal Ripken also had a little bit of a say in helping bring back the sport with his uh, consecutive game streak. But you have McGuire and Sosa at the center of one of the biggest cheating scandals in sports history. And here we are with more labor problems. We have a, a league-wide scandal that's still hanging around. And over the weekend, it was revealed that a judge ordered a 2017 letter from Major League Baseball to the Yankees to be unsealed. The content is reportedly about sign stealing. And the Astros, of course, have been the poster children of sign stealing, much like McGuire and Sosa were for the steroid era, at least at first. And then you had Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds who uh, joined them. But uh, maybe the Yankees are the next chapter here in sign stealing. They'll accompany the Red Sox and the Astros. Maybe the letter's not that juicy at all. Maybe it'll blow over. But with the Yankees, everything is bigger. And no matter what they do or didn't do, it's going to be a big story to some. But then once again, we have labor problems and a scandal again. Nothing new for Major League Baseball. If you tuned in to watch the McGuire Sosa documentary and you were expecting something more than just a trip down memory lane, then you were probably disappointed. Also, this comes not too far removed from the Jordan documentary, which is now redefined what documentaries should be all about. But they had so much archival footage. You have over 500 hours of video that the NBA shot with Jordan and the Bulls that year, and they didn't even know if they were ever going to use it. We didn't have that luxury. Baseball didn't have that luxury. The Cardinals and Cubs didn't have that luxury. There was nothing that was salacious that we now look back on and go, oh, I didn't know that. You know, I was doing SportsCenter at the time. I was friends with McGuire at the time. We had a little bit of a falling out. We have since renewed our friendship, I guess, if you want to call it that. I liked him. I did not know that he was using steroids at the time. I was naive at the time. Because when you're around him and Sammy, you're thinking, these are good guys. And we bought into the story. I think we all just said, you know what? I don't care. I, that, I'm just looking at this for the baseball part of it. And, and you know what? The deeper I got into this business, the more you see, the more you hear, and then the less you like what you're seeing on the field because there's things attached to it. And it is a job because now you're looking at things differently. You know, you don't just celebrate. You sort of celebrate and you go, mm, I don't know, is he, is he clean? Like, I hate feeling that way. I wasn't cynical back then. Now I'm cynical. And it's not a good feeling to have. 
But that's the job that I signed up for. And back then, I was just watching. I used to go to Chicago on weekends when I wasn't working to watch this home run chase, to go to games at Wrigley to see Sammy Sosa. And at the time, people in 1998 would ask the following question in Chicago. It wasn't, did the Cubs win? It was, did Sammy homer? That's how, that's how the conversation started. They said, oh, you went to the game. Oh, did Sammy homer? And then it was, did the Cubs win? That's how important Sammy uh, was and McGuire was. This was breaking news, whether it was on radio or it was on TV. And I'm talking about the news. When Sosa and McGuire got closer and closer, when they got over 60 home runs, now all of a sudden you had these news updates on Sosa and McGuire. And the personality, the friendship seemed genuine. And look back, looking back on that, and I remember seeing a bottle of Androstenedione in Mark's locker. And at the time we thought, okay, that's what he's taking. You can buy it at GNC. And then you come to learn more and more about what was going on. And I guess looking at it, I thought, am I going to just take a trip down memory lane and go, oh, yeah, I remember that. Or, yeah, I was at that game. or Because that's really what it is. There's a little bit about steroids in there. A little bit about Roger Maris. But I wanted something. I wanted something just a little more. And I know... It would have been too much to ask because you're not going to get McGuire and Sosa, certainly not Sammy, to sit down and go, hey, this is what I took. Because if I'm them, I wouldn't do that. Um, and it's only one, it, it's one weekend, it's one night. We got two weekends with Lance Armstrong. We got 10 with Jordan. This one felt like it needed a little bit more, almost a follow-up that says, now let's explore what was happening at the time. But... You know what? The fact that it was now and you're following the, you know, the Jordan, you know, platform here, you were, you know, you were going to disappoint people. If this is last year and they put this out, we'd probably go, okay, that's enjoyable. Hey, that was a great time. Hey, they brought baseball back. We need something like that now. Although I started to think about that. Who's bringing us back? There's no Ripken here. There's no Jeter here. There's no McGuire Sosa here. Who's bringing us back? Because baseball might be coming back. That doesn't mean the fans are coming back. So just watching that and thought I would get a little bit more out of it. And I don't even know what I was hoping for. Um, because there was not going to be an epiphany. Sammy Sosa has never acknowledged anything. McGuire has. And... You know, he said, hey, I wish I never did it. And, and we love to say the following. And I always caution people when they say this. You know what? When he was clean, he dot, dot, dot. Okay. I don't know when somebody was clean. I have no idea. McGuire was unbelievable his rookie year. Sammy, Sammy was just a toothpick. And you could see Sammy was really nobody. And then all of a sudden, Sammy became somebody. And, and McGuire, McGuire had pedigree here. I mean, he was good in college, but he got nicked up, got injured. And, you know, then all of a sudden he reinvented himself. When he got to St. Louis, reinvented himself. And then you had Bonds. You know, Bonds, and the story goes, and I've told it before, and I've, because uh, 
they were there was a group of guys and they were in uh, Orlando outside of Orlando and uh I remember uh, being told that Bonds was there and a few other people and uh, Bonds said basically you know that's BS that uh, you know America's fallen in love with Sosa McGuire watch what I can do and he basically said to the people in the room hey you think they're good on steroids wait till you see what I do on steroids and the thing is he was a better hitter than both of them and you saw if Barry Bonds used steroids longer than he did when he was with San Francisco, he would probably have a thousand home runs because he was so incredible. But we get caught up in, well, before he started using, he was a Hall of Famer. That's not the way it works. It, it's, it's, you know, the, the, the entire collection of your baseball career, all those years, you don't go, hey, can we just cut it off right there? Can you put me in the Hall of Fame right there? It doesn't work that way. And McGuire and Sosa not going into the Hall of Fame. I don't know if Bonds and Clements ever get in there. But, hey, before they started cheating, it's like, you know, when Rafael Palmero got popped. Hey, you know what? Before he tested positive, oh, he just started using at the end of his career. Okay, I got it. But that was, you know, Bonds and Clemens, McGuire, Sosa. I don't know when they started. But I know what the end result was. They put up some pretty incredible numbers, and they got paid a lot of money. Bonds made more money with the Giants than he did his entire career because he saw what these guys were making. And that's why you look at numbers now. These are artificially inflated salaries based off of the steroid era. You know, they build up these, these salaries. Because, hey, I'm going to compare this season with Willie Mays or Hank Aaron, um, Mickey Mantle. And then all of a sudden you go, well, he's got to be worth this. And then this. they inflated these salaries through steroids. And I know there was a feel-good moment with McGuire and Sosa, and we all got caught up in it. And I remember being in Vegas with Mark McGuire, and he was there for the ESPYs. And they couldn't do, ESPN couldn't do enough for him. Whatever Mark McGuire wanted, he got. Sportsman of the Year with Sammy. They got their togas on. It's Sammy and Mark. But it was a wonderful moment uh, that year, a magical year. But you just start to look back and you go, okay, now what do I get out of that? Tell me something. Show me something. And we never got that, really. On this date, 1998, by the way, Sammy Sosa hit three home runs. <laughs> Sammy put up some pretty impressive numbers, but uh, he looks good. Sammy looks good. He looks younger and younger every time you see him. This program brought to you by Raycon. Whether you're working from home or working on your fitness, you want to hear your music, and uh, you can do this with a great wireless earbud. Wire, uh, Raycon wireless earbuds, the way to go. Get 15% off your Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash Patrick. That's buyraycon.com slash Patrick. All right, uh, McLovin, you got a poll question for me today. So last week we did which comes back first, the NBA or MLB, and NBA won. I just want to make sure that uh, we're still this, the, uh, the same spot. NBA won like 55-45. 
I'm curious, do you have any idea now? Is NBA going to be slowed down? That's my question. Well, we're going to talk to Chris Mannix about it because I'm just not sure. You know, Kyrie Irving said, and I brought this up even before Kyrie spoke up at the uh, Players Conference call, that it felt like, hey, everybody's going to Orlando. We're going to play these games, eight uh, regular season games. Then we go into the playoffs and we're going to get done and then we're going to finish up and, and then here we go. Late July, we're going to start, and now all of a sudden it gets closer and closer, and then you go, oh, wait a minute. I got to, wait, how long? I'm quarantined. I can't, can I bring my family? I can't get off the island here. I'm in the bubble for, and that's the feeling I got. All of a sudden, the walls started to close in on these players, and they're like, oh, man, that's right. This is real. And then Kyrie Irving said, why don't we just scrap the season? Why don't we use this opportunity for, you know, social reform, activism. And I know the way I look at it with Kyrie Irving is I don't want to shoot the messenger. I want to listen to the message here. I may not always agree with Kyrie Irving, but I'm going to listen to the message. If somebody else delivers this message, I think we take it differently. With Kyrie, he's injured, so he's not even factoring in in this. And then he's saying, you know, hey, why don't we use this? We'll never have this platform again. And then LeBron James is saying, no, we can still do that. Patrick Beverly, who he and LeBron have their moments on the floor, he said uh, in a tweet, Hoopers say what all you want. If King James said we're hooping, we're hooping. Not personal, only business. Kyrie, Dwight Howard, C.J. McCollum, they have questioned, is, is now the time, is this the right time to go to Orlando and play? saying it would stall the momentum of Black Lives Matter. And, uh, you know, LeBron has been the one to say, no, let's go back. And that's what I would want to know. If you're going to go back, what is your plan here? Like, what would what's Kyrie's plan? Which I don't know. So we have this moment with, you know, this social platform. What are you going to do? And how is it that you can't use what's going on in Orlando to help you with that platform? And I don't know that. And that's what I would want to hear. It's one thing to say, hey, let's not go back because it dilutes what we're doing right now out on the streets. Okay. LeBron is probably saying, hey, why don't we make sure that we draw even more attention to this while we're playing, while we are in the headlines here. And this is, you know, we got a month here, a month and a half before we're playing basketball. I don't know what's going to be happening then. Are players going to take a knee? prior to the anthem when they're playing basketball games. So I'm not quite sure, but we'll talk to Mannix about this, of where we are now as to you know, where we were. And it felt like, hey, the NBA has got it all buttoned up. And frankly, I was shocked when I realized Adam Silver, it seemed like everybody was on the same page, and then you're looking going, wow, how did they miss out on this? Where all of a sudden people, and this is before Kyrie, where you had people saying, you know, on second thought, I don't know if I want to go to Orlando. I don't know if I want to be quarantined for that amount of time. What else do you have, McLovin? Okay, um, I have a couple topics. Go McGuire Sosa, college football player, or this weekend's golf? I have three polls. Which one would you like to squeeze in first? I'll get to golf in a moment. Give me the McGuire Sosa since oh, we're on that topic. I think actually it might be worth putting up the poll. Do, did it bother you that McGuire Sosa 
documentary went lightly on PEDs? Mm. Yes or no? Because it bothered me. I was like halfway through. I'm like, does this guy know that they were juicing? Because the way they presented it, they didn't introduce the topic. Well, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure the producer knew that they were juicing back then. <laughs> yes, he uh, watching that, yeah. you didn't know. Well, yes, you didn't really get that impression watching that last night. I don't know if he was. Here's my gut feeling. And I have no idea. I have nobody at, at the mothership who would tell me. But were they going to get McGuire and Sosa to sit down if steroids were going to be the topic? You wouldn't get Sammy to sit down. You're not going to. Uh, McGuire, you might. But I'm guessing they probably said, hey, I mean, if I'm McGuire, I'd say, well, how much are we touching on you know, steroids here? And if they said, oh, just a little bit. Then, you know, if you say, just celebrate what we did, can we do that? You know, but I don't want this whole thing to be about steroids. Yeah, McClub. There was one throwaway lie where a Cubs employee said, oh, man, we were so proud of Sammy. He started eating salads and lifting a lot in the offseason. <laughs> and I was like, is this a mockumentary? Like, why would you include that quote? Are you, are you in, insane? <laughs> yeah, Paul. Uh, to defend the director a little bit, the documentary is supposed to tell about a period in time in, in historical... Um, in the right chronological order. If he would have led the entire documentary with steroids, 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 that wasn't what happened that summer. He was showing you what actually happened that summer. And if the media was naive and other people were naive, he showed you that as well. Nobody was questioning these guys day to day, and that's what he showed. He showed the actual what happened that summer and leading up to 98. Yes, he my, I think I had more of an issue with it, and, and maybe it's because of the ones leading into it where we had a 10-part series on yeah. Michael Jordan. Then we had a two-part series on Lance Armstrong that I thought was actually going to be longer and was waiting the next Sunday. I was just like, oh, the Bruce Lee ones. When are they doing the rest of the Lance one? I thought that was going to be longer. And now this one, I thought, like, well, was this like the trailer for this? Because clearly there has to be more episodes of this one, and that's it. They, and so I think my problem with it more is that they did they did put into context what that summer was like, and they did a fantastic job with that. But you can't just ignore or give five minutes to that, you know, black cloud, that dark cloud that's followed it for the rest of time. You know, they, they, to just give it five minutes at the end of like, oh, by the way, and then here's what happened. Uh, felt a little rushed. Yeah, I think that they just wanted to say, here's a feel good 30 for 30. Let's go back in time to let you understand if you weren't old enough to understand. Because, you know, you had Jordan. So Jordan is the same year, right? So you have Jordan and you have baseball. You go out of Jordan where Jordan hits the shot. You got the last dance. And now you go into McGuire and Sosa to take you into the fall. And it was a pretty great moment in sports. But, you know, the problem was... You know, what we had with Jordan, we had so much. And with, you know, Sosa McGuire, we had very, very little. There was nothing that was in there that you go, oh, I didn't know that. I had never seen that before. With Jordan, you had so much in there. And that's what made it even great. You know, it, it made it spectacular. Yeah, Paul. One of my favorite parts about the documentary last night was when they did about three minutes about Roger Maris of the Yankees and what he went through as he was trying to break Babe Ruth's single season record. And that one day people would be like, you shouldn't be breaking Babe Ruth's record. You have no business. You're not a true Yankee. Then he would take a day off and they'd say, what are you doing? You're trying to break this. And you owe it to the fans. And his son, Roger Maris Jr. said, my dad would have liked to have hit 59 and not 61, and it, it haunted him more than helped him. And that was, the most, that was emotional. 
Yeah, I think the, the Maris part of this is interesting because they were embracing, literally embracing Mark McGuire. Then all of a sudden they realized what they were watching wasn't real. Uh, by the way, yesterday, the uh, 22nd anniversary of Jordan's final game. That was game six in Utah, 1998. You guys are killing this day in sports history. Man. Yeah, I know. Oh, sorry. That's right. <laughs> it's, yes. Yes, McLevin. Okay, just to take a step back here, not do, not leading with steroids is like doing a story on the Astros and say how awesome Jose Altuve was for the first 45 minutes. And oh, oh, by the way, they were banging the drum. Like the story is steroids. The story isn't how great they were. Even as amazing as it was, it would be silly. Well, no, you can still do that documentary. I think, I think it's based on we wanted something good. And I think we chose to not look closer. And I think what the, the, the director, producer, and I don't know him, you know, it's just we're going to go back and let you understand how big this was, the magnitude of this was. It just, the problem is you're going to compare it to the Jordan documentary. And did I expect anything out of this? No, I did not. I didn't expect, unless Sammy said, hey, I did this, or I started doing this. Yeah, I was around McGuire, and I can say uh, with all of my heart, I think he got in and couldn't get out. I think he realized, hey, I'm just a baseball player. Now I'm the sportsman of the year. Now I'm something larger than life. Sammy loved it because Sammy never had any of this. And I think McGuire got in, and I don't know if Mark had an exit plan because when he got in front of Congress – you realized he did not have an exit plan. Yes, he. Well, that was that one thing that I think that they did really great. It was one of it was such a funny moment to me because it really showed you who Sammy Sosa was at that time. But throughout the whole thing, he's like, "I'm good. I got no problems with who I am or what I did." He's just like, "Go back to where I grew up from. Yeah, you know, go see where I came from and how I grew up. And I was a shoe shine boy, and I had all of this stuff. You know what I mean? Like I grew up in in a very poor area, and now tell me that you know I'm going through this home run race and I'm making money and I would check every night after the game. I'd get home and watch ESPN to see if they were talking about me. That's what I wanted to do. You know, he just, he's like, I'm good. Coming from where I came from, I'm fine. Don't worry about it. All right, we'll settle on a poll question. Phone calls are welcome. Best and worst of the weekend. We'll get an update on Chris Mannix on what exactly is going on with the NBA and uh, his thoughts on what Kyrie Irving and Dwight Howard and C.J. McCollum are uh, stressing with the rest of the NBA. Take a break. 23 after the hour. This is the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Play of the day coming up. Stat of the day as well. Today is the day. If you want to get gear in time for Father's Day at DanPatrick.com, new shirts, caps, mugs, DanPatrick.com. Deadline to get your order for Father's Day is today. Chris Mannix, the intrepid Sports Illustrated senior NBA writer's most recent column, NBA must not let the season's return distract from Black Lives Matter movement. And Chris joins us now from Boston. How did this start, Chris, that you had some of these players bringing up uh, their concerns about if we play basketball it takes away from what is going on this social platform that they have right now. Well, Dan, Kyrie Irving was the driving force behind this recent call and his message to the 80 plus players that were on this call was that 
you know, there should be some consideration put into the fact that once we go down there and start playing again, the narrative shifts entirely. And look, he's not wrong. I mean, when players show up in Orlando, media that's been clamoring to, you know, get a piece of them for the better part of the last few months will start writing about LeBron James's chase for a championship and Ben Simmons' return to Philadelphia and, you know, what can what is the status of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George with the Clippers and you know, there, there are players, you know, Irving, the most vocal among them that believe this is a, a time in this country's history, a movement where that kind of distraction just simply shouldn't take place. So that was the, the impetus behind that phone call to let players uh, speak out on issues like this as they, they try to make a decision. Okay. But in the end, ultimately, it feels like it's LeBron James's decision here. Even Patrick Beverly, who doesn't get along with LeBron, tweeted out, "LeBron wants to hoop. We're hooping here." Is there? I don't. I just don't know Kyrie Irving's plan, Chris. If if he has a detailed plan of if we don't play basketball, then what do we do? And can you do both in your bubble in Orlando? No. Look, LeBron's position, which has been an ongoing position for him, dating back to. 2017, I wrote about the time when Donald Trump was going after the NFL players for kneeling. LeBron said specifically, my voice is stronger than my knee. And he's always held that position that if he's out there in the forefront, he can do more good than if he, if he you know, boycotts something or, or takes a more uh, divisive stand. So I think a lot of players will follow suit. I think Kyrie Irving's only plan and his push to players was, look, just don't show up and you send a pretty strong message about the strength of this movement. Don't be part of the ultimate distraction. I mean, look, I have a hard time, Dan, as a white man kind of quibbling with Kyrie on this. I've never walked a mile in his shoes. I've never experienced some of the things that he's experienced. So if he feels this strongly that not showing up sends a stronger message than showing up, it's fine to have a difference of opinion with LeBron. Uh, it's just the way Kyrie, and I can tell you, a number of other players feel. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I said this from the outset. Sometimes we'll shoot the messenger and not listen to the message. And I think Kyrie can be polarizing. And I, I want to listen to the message. And I'm right there with you. I don't know what he's experienced. I just want to know if there is no basketball, is there a plan or is that the statement they're going to make? This is so important. We are going to forego an NBA season. Plus Kyrie not playing, that probably may draw uh, you know, a, a little bit of a, well, wait a minute here. If he was playing and LeBron wasn't playing, would you know he be saying the same thing? And maybe that's not fair, but, but the fact that he's not going to be playing and LeBron has a chance at another championship. They worked hard all season to get the number one seed. You know, all of these things. So, I don't know. You kind of throw it into the, the pot here. And I'm not sure what the commissioner thinks about all of this. And, and how does he troubleshoot this? Well, to, to your point, Dan, from a public perception standpoint, there really could not have been a worse messenger than Kyrie Irving, you know, because of the fact that he's not playing. And he spent the better part of the last two years viewed as one of the more divisive forces in the NBA with the locker room and everything that happened in Boston and uh, his subsequent move uh, over to Brooklyn. Uh, all that being said, there's going to be a season. Like the NBA is not even remotely considering the possibility of not coming back. There's just not a belief. And I think this belief, this, this feeling is strong enough that there's not, there's not a belief there's not going to be enough players that decide not to go. There'll be a few players, maybe even more than a few players, 
that decide not to go, but not enough that would deter the NBA or the union for that matter, which has been in lockstep with the NBA throughout this process from not bringing the game back. The question is, in the next couple of days and weeks, what kind of statements will the NBA send? What kind of actions will they take to try to uh, convince the players that are on the fence about this that coming back is the right thing? Will it be some form of donation or a commitment to do something while you're in Orlando that will keep the spotlight on this social justice movement? I think that's something, I know that's something the NBA is discussing actively and we'll probably have something to reveal in the coming days and weeks. We're talking to Chris Mannix of Sports Illustrated, senior NBA writer. I was also wondering, you have Dwight Howard and Avery Bradley on the same team as LeBron James. This this isn't cause for concern? At this point, no. If we get to a different point, maybe. Look, Dwight Howard's agent's already come out and said, like, he hasn't made any decisions yet. Dwight had that statement, but then his agent kind of countered it and, I don't think Avery Bradley's made any strong decisions yet either. I think knowing Avery Bradley a little bit, I think Avery just wants to see something come from the NBA, like I was talking about, some sort of plan to keep the pressure on or keep the spotlight on this particular issue. But, Dan, it's important to note, too, that the players are not speaking with one voice on all this. I mean, there are myriad issues out there that players are kind of sifting through at this moment. I mean, health concerns continue to be real. I mean – the NBA is talking about a bubble, but the fact that Disney employees might be able to come and go as they please, I mean, it makes it more of a spaghetti strainer than it is an actual bubble. I mean, you've got players that are going to be quarantined in there, but others that are staff workers might be coming in and out. I mean, I don't care how much personal protective gear you're wearing or how much distance you're keeping from players, you're still running a risk that you can cause infection. So that's a concern. And let's be real, Dan, for a lot of players, some mostly the guys in their 20s, there are lifestyle issues here. Like not a lot of guys are eager to go quarantine down in Orlando for several months, especially the ones that don't play golf. And that might just feel like they're just stuck in one place, you know, doing nothing. And I was wondering about that. Just the, the physical condition could decide who wins this championship, because once you get there in late July, then it starts. You don't have much ramp up time. I, I've, I've seen pictures of James Harden working out. It looks like he's lost 15 pounds. But here's a guy who has asthma who's going to be going down into that bubble there. I don't know what LeBron has been doing or the Greek freak has been doing. But, you know, that could that could go a long way in deciding who's going to win this championship is just who's in the best shape. Yeah, and it's interesting. I was talking to Brett Brown, the Sixers coach, about this just yesterday. And one of the things that Brett said was as important as physical shape is, it's about kind of your mental state as you go down to Orlando. I mean, this is going to be a completely new situation where at a bare minimum, you're probably going to be there 30, 40 days. And if you're successful, significantly longer. How mentally steeled are you for this type of, of, of kind of, of setup? And also, how much, how well do you get along with your teammates? Like, I mean, how, I mean, you're going to be in proximity with these guys for a significant amount of time. Like, do you have the kind of camaraderie that you probably need to have to survive, I mean, these things, at least to a coach like Brett Brown, and I'm sure others, these things are, are just as important as the physical issues. That stove behind you, be honest, how many times have you used that in the last year? Do we include pasta? All right, I'll let you sneak that in. If I got rid of pasta, how many times have you used that, that stove? Oh, I mean, I think my old softball gloves inside the actual stove. I don't I don't think that's actually been used. I mean, if you look behind me at the fridge, if I open it up, I'm pretty sure there'd be, I don't know, like three quarters of a pound of salami. Uh, Can you Girl open Scout it up? Cookies. 
I'm not doing that. There's no way that's, there's no way that's happening. I'm afraid of what's in there, to be quite honest. Case of Bud Light in there, some Gatorade. Oh, easily. Right? Easily. Yep. Easily. Yep. I'm, I'm into Sobe water now, so that's kind of probably a bunch of that. <laughs> Soft. Uh, hey, good to talk to you. I also saw where the Players Association doesn't expect fans at NBA games next season. Well, a little bit too soon to tell yeah. on that one. I mean, you know, you, it's one of the questions that's going to be coming up, Dan, is will the NBA keep fans out of stands completely or will they look at states that are allowing things to happen and say you can put fans in stands? I mean, this is going to be something that comes up because owners of those teams are going to say, like, if you're Mark Cuban in Dallas or, you know, in San Antonio – uh, or the Rockets, like where Texas is starting to open up significantly already. Yeah. Are you going to say, look, you're going to cost me all that revenue when my state says I can open up and have three quarters of, of capacity? Florida, which we've seen open up already a couple of teams down there. This is going to be a challenge. If there are states like New York and California that are still operating under significant restrictions, how will the NBA, I mean, how will they, they sort of thread that needle where they, they have these owners that are able to make money off fans and stands but they can't do it because the rest of the league can't. That's that's a challenge, believe me, that the NBA is talking about right now. Good to talk to you, Chris. Thanks, as always. We appreciate your time. All right, Dan. We'll take a break here. Back with our play of the day and your phone calls right after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR, or stream us live every day at youtube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. Uh, anybody know who won the uh, Charles Schwab Challenge? And uh, I threw out some names, and I said, does anybody know if Daniel Berger is an actual golfer? And uh, I think we thought it was something you put on the Traeger. No, let me have the Daniel Berger. I thought he's married to uh, Julia Roberts at some point, but that's Danny Danny Motor. Oh yeah, Danny Motor. I think. Yeah, Paulie. Uh, I, I watched this weekend. I, I don't think I would have been able to match Daniel Berger to his picture before Friday. Mm. Now you're not alone. Yeah, I I watch golf a lot of golf, and I wouldn't have known Daniel Berger. Uh, McLevin, we got a poll question. We're going to go with. Uh, First hour was I. Ooh. I put up, uh, was the McGuire-Sosa doc too light on steroids? 90% said yes. A uh, bunch of other options. Here's a golf option. Was Is uh, there any professional athlete with a lower Q rating than Daniel Berger? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Where? What? what? I just, Dang. I'm like Paulie. I had no idea. I, I've heard the name because we always look at that wow. list of golfers before the majors. Yeah. But that was a who's who of medium golfers that we always think about, like, like the Alex Noren types, like a no that that was a great leaderboard. Really, you I had some was... big names there. I mean, they they didn't do well on Sunday, but you had leading up to it, you had a lot of big names. I mean, Tiger was the only one that wasn't there. Spieth was in there. Uh, Mickelson was in there. Bubba, R- Rory, Bubba, uh, Justin Rose. I felt like there was a lot of Gary Woodland and Bryson DeChambeau and Xander Toffley. Well, I know, but get get used to that. That's the PGA Tour. Once Tiger leaves, then all of a sudden you're going to go, wait, Tiger, you can't leave. You can't quit us. And Mickelson just turned 50. That's a sport that's holding on for dear life. You know, because we're waiting. Like Rory's the next Tiger and Spieth's the next Tiger and Justin Thomas is the next Tiger. Nobody's the next Tiger the PJ Tour is going to go through what the NBA went through. You keep waiting for the next Michael Jordan. 
That ain't happening. Brooks Kepka is a wonderful golfer. He's not the next Tiger. And he'd be the first to admit it. You keep waiting for that. And it ain't happening there. Yeah, Paul. Daniel Berger, D. Berg, says his fans call him. Uh, he finished uh, <laughs> like a good 2018. Tied for 12th at the PGA. Tied for 6th at the U.S. Open. Uh, he was top 10th of Masters in 16. He's on a... Wait, wait. It's not his fault. Like... I don't want to criticize Daniel Berger. Berger. He, he won. Bergy. Bergsty. Yes, so see. It is kind of funny, though, to hear like, and Daniel Berger is your champion, and the PGA Tour is back. back. Like, well. I think that's where you say, the PGA Tour is back, and Daniel Berger is your champion. I don't think you lead with Daniel Berger, but the PGA Tour is back. Just screaming out, like, oh, like Gus Johnson. And there's no gallery there. You know, you're just going, okay. And he hugged his caddy, and then he gave dap to uh, Colin Marakawa. Can you imagine, Nance? It was worth the wait. <laughs> Daniel Berger, finally, the Charles Schwab champion. Well, you know, Jim Nance always has one of those, you know, storybook Hallmark card endings where, you know, a a, uh, a moment for the ages, you know, or something like that. Yeah, Tom. Couldn't he have just said Daniel Berger? Well done. Oh, okay. Just get out. That's All right. It. Go to commercial. All right. That's Fritzy one. Everybody, wait. That doesn't quite capture the levity of moments. Sports returns. You can't put in a burger pie there at the end. That was not like bad. Burger well done is obvious, but good. I like it. But had this beautiful speech to sign off and like, Daniel Burger, well done. Like, that would not hit the mood. Exactly. <laughs> the rest of the PJ trying to catch up. <laughs> catch up. Yeah. Catch up. Catch up. Daniel Burger. I got a lot of sleep last night. A rare victory for Daniel. Okay. Burger. Okay. <laughs> we're selling this kid. I know. Now we're cooking the PJ Tours. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Keep firing away here. <laughs> A rare PGA victory. No, no, no. no. Just, yeah. You must hard stop. I don't know. No, 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 no. That's horrible. That's horrible. Let us move on. <laughs> Daniel Berger has onions. <laughs> Getting a little cheesy. Look at the onions on that guy. He cut the mustard. There you go. All right. <laughs> He's in a pickle. <laughs> Burger in a pickle. You should have been on the coverage, Dan. This feels like a Friday show, and it's on Monday. 9.51 on Monday. Oh. Oh, man. We're going to have to rally at some point, I think, later in the day here. Anything else back row? Toddler? I'm gonna I'm gonna get out while there uh, you go. You guys have encouraged me many it. times Look to at step that. away. Good job. I love it. All right, so we have a poll question. Let me get to Chad in North Dakota. Hey Chad. Hey Chad. Chad come on, Chad. Let's give Chad's number out to everybody who's listening so they can call Chad. Because he just ruined the moment. What's for his us. beef? Why wouldn't he talk when okay. you're calling? Okay. All right. Gotta turn the mic down, turn the radio down, and when you're called upon, gotta say something. Chad. Now watch Chad call back. Hey, I'm sorry. I was, uh, I had you on mute. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll get to more phone calls. We Chad can... Rowe just said we're on a roll. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Berger, nice buns. Wong, <laughs> 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 uh. And we say good morning to Chad Rowe, by the way. Tyler, the moderator, handling the duties there. By the way, something really big coming up on Thursday on this program. After the show, 
It's Mario. Oh, dear. Taking on Tyler, the moderator. Nine holes, golf tournament, and it will be for a shower of shame. So Tyler, the moderator, versus Mario. Mono, a mono. Yes, Paul. Straight up, 18 holes? No, nine. Straight up, nine. Nine. Yeah. I couldn't watch it for 18. I, I got nine in me, and I'll walk the course with him. Yes, he... Do you have time to give the backstory on this, or... I mean, is there going to be a 30 for 30 on Tyler V. Mario and how... Sorry, Mario? <laughs> it might be better than Sosa McGuire, 30 right. for 30. Yeah, McLovin. Can you imagine if Mario has a two-foot Ma- putt to win, how much pressure he's going to feel <laughs> knowing what he did in the AUAA? And his putt misses the hole completely. <laughs> Mario. <laughs> I like how somebody on chat row came up with a t-shirt. M-A-I-R. A-I-R capitalized. Mario for the air ball in the A-U-A-A. Ario. So it's it's Tyler. And these two, they play golf with each other a lot. And uh, there's going to be some tension here. But on Friday, there will be a shower of shame for either Mario or uh, Tyler the moderator. Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk will join us coming up a little bit. Got a month before those uh, contracts need to be signed in the NFL, including Dak Prescott. 